As in the backside of a gentleman. Ooh, I turned my light off. What's that? Said as oh. in landed on the backside of a gentleman. I see what you're saying. You're talking about <laughs> a full moon, as it were. Oh, you're talking well. about the buttocks. Are you talking about butts? Someone's got it. No one's talking about it no more. I We've haven't moved talked on to uh, all sorts of other things. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, first and foremost, I've been waiting. Oh, I, to do that. I didn't get to hear the crack. Oh, you, what? Did I make noise over top of it? I I don't know. If maybe it just muted it muted itself or oh, something. It's possible. Maybe, maybe it, it was like this is just background noise. Well, you can hear this, right? Oh yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Good. Did you did you slurp? Because I couldn't tap. Hear. Oh come on, that's what? the best tasting tap water in all of Saskatchewan. <laughs> I'll I'll have to take your word for it. Um, hey, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. That happens once in a blue moon. I don't actually know what a blue moon is, uh, so I don't. It's know. a Smurf spot. It's a Smurf spot. So I don't <laughs> know how often a blue moon. I, I think the idea is it happens. Not very often. And it seems that way. I think the last time uh, I didn't. Okay, hold on. Let's try this again. It's been so long. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. I may have said that backwards. Maybe it's my friend is Aaron. I'm David. I don't know what it is. Uh, But it's been a while, sir. Yeah, it's uh, been too long and I apologize. And I am committed to making this happen, at least for tonight. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think any of that was your fault. <laughs> I don't know well, why you're apologizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things just kind of, yeah, we kind of took a break, and then yeah. you yeah. brought back lots of radio radios, and I had other yeah. stuff going on, and and then it was just like, man, we got to make this happen because I miss connecting and talking about music and, and doing this. So well, here we and, are. Yeah, and to be fair, we teed up months ago now uh, kind of this episode that we're about to do. Um because the last time we hung out, the last time we chatted, we talked about the band Lifetime. And, yeah, uh, right. Uh, what did we do? Is Jersey's Best Dancers and their self-titled record, I think, right? Yes. Self-titled? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of teased. We didn't say which, which band we were going to do, uh, but we did talk about doing an episode on a band that was clearly influenced by uh, Lifetime. And so that band is Saves the Day, obviously, if you didn't actually look at the title before you hit play on the episode. I mean, that's your own fault, but um, we're gonna, we are going to talk about Saves the Day, specifically their albums Through Being Cool and Stay What You Are. This is kind of that older format that we used to do you know, when we kind of first started the show. Uh, is it, though? I feel like when we first started the show... Maybe it's just one album. Maybe maybe the kind of the the restart or yeah yeah. Because like when I look at my wall here, when I was writing down the episodes that we had done uh, to start the show, we had done MXPX, Face to Face, No Motive, Slick Shoes, Dogwood, Green Day, The Offspring, Goaty Hook, and Pennywise. Um, <laughs> those were like the the episodes that I think officially kind of made when we um, not rebranded the show, but kind of focused it a little bit. Uh, not to go into the history of the podcast, but at one point in time, we eventually, cause I don't think any of those were done this way. We eventually started doing episodes where, yeah, we'd take two albums from a band and we'd look at them and they were typically, uh, the albums that we were kind of most familiar with for sure. In this instance, that's what it is. Uh, you know, these are the two saves the day records that I have spent the most amount of time with, or maybe, I mean, maybe not. 
Um, it's possible that I spent more time with In Reverie than uh, through oh. being cool, but I would I it's got to be close anyway. Um, so yeah, we thought we would we would talk about it, and the way we kind of set this up was uh, you we we kind of agreed on the albums ahead of time, uh, like the, it was the when we said saves the day. These were just the two obvious album picks um, for us, and so you picked the songs from through being cool. I picked the songs from stay what you are. And I say that kind of very loosely because we just set out a format that meant we only actually had to pick one song uh, <laughs> because we just agreed that we go, okay, the opening track, because we do often like talking about the opening track yeah. on albums um, as well as the closing track. And uh, so those were two of the songs and then one song that, you know, we just kind of picked as, uh, one that we liked for one reason or another. So that's kind of what got us um, to where we're at here as I look to adjust my microphone without making it too obvious. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do three songs uh, from Through Being Cool, three songs from Stay What You Are, and we'll, I mean, we'll talk about the records more as well. Um, but yeah, how do we, I'm, I'm just curious if we, um, so I think what we're going to do, we're literally doing this on the fly, is I'm going to say something and then I'm going to play the opening song. <laughs> and then after that, we will talk about the opening song, how we heard about the record, all that kind of thing. You know, our, our first uh, experiences or whatever with the record and, and sort of those first impressions, I suppose. And then we'll kind of get into the other songs from the record and then move on to the next one. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So enough teasing up first. Uh, we got a little record by the band Saves the Day. Have you ever heard of them? And this record is called Through Being Cool. So let's talk about it. So uh, that, of course, was the opening track. It's called All Star Me. Um, since this was the record that you were kind of in charge with, why don't you sort of take the lead on, uh, you know, kind of first impressions and, uh, you know, how you first heard it. Was this the first record from the band you heard, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. So this album, 
always reminds me of my friend Jess from Dauphin that I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. He was super into this album. He must have found it online somewhere. And so we listened to that a lot together. Uh, this was, as far as I can remember, my first introduction to Saves the Day. Uh, you know, since then I've gone back and uh, you know, listened to the previous. Was it just one album, Can Slow Down? Maybe they had something yeah, before I think that. So. But, yeah, I think as uh, far as like a, a, an official release anyway, for a full length, I think just can't slow down was before this, but okay. I, can, I can do some quick, ouch, some quick research while, while you keep talking. Um, yeah. And so then, yeah, kind of after this one kind of went and listened to that one and, um, yeah, it's yeah, kind of one of those, those albums that I, I don't know that I ever got as attached to as a lot of other albums from that time. It was kind of mm-hmm. a unique style because it's, you know, it's kind of punk, but it's kind of not. It's, you know, a little quirky lyrically and there's just different kind of things to it that I could never really attach myself to. But yeah. at the same time, I would come back and, you know, skip through some of the songs, be like, oh yeah, I forgot about this song and this song. And so it is one I've, I've definitely come back to a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I maybe don't know it like front to back as much as some other albums um, from then. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of energy on the album. Like I said, the the lyrics are are interesting. I'm not sure where the inspiration for the lyrics <laughs> were from this album, but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's an album that comes up in conversation a lot and playlist and yeah. Saves the day is definitely one of those bands. Uh, so you know, it comes up a bit on this record. It for sure comes up on uh stay what you are and i'm sure it kind of pokes its head you know as as other records through their library but oh by the way and, and uh can't slow down was the only full length anyways prior to this one uh, it came out a year before in 1998 but um yeah like lyrically they, they i kind of put them in a in a similar place as say like alkaline trio where they definitely get into kind of some a bit darker, maybe a little more, uh, descriptive and violent with their lyrics sometimes, uh, which is, which is fine. Um, so it was very it's just fitting. Done like, like a playful way with, so it's yeah. just this weird kind of like, kind of a poppy melodic chorus talking about 100%. You know, whatever it is. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, which made it kind of fit, I think though, you know, cause this band, I want to say they signed to Vagrant Records right around the same time as Alkaline Trio did. Uh, so they're kind of, you know, in the, in that same vein, at least lyrically, musically, they don't necessarily sound too, too similar, but, um, yeah, this record for me was not my first introduction to the band and it wasn't even can't slow down. It wasn't until stay what you are that I can remember actually hearing the band anyway. But, uh, and it was another one of those things where their name was floating around. And I think, um, you know, it was always like in that same way because I was getting into them a little bit later. It was always the same thing as like, oh, but you should check out their earlier stuff. And so I eventually did get a chance to listen to this. And I can remember seeing like the artwork for this record. Hmm. Uh, I do think it's, you know, it's, it's kind of iconic, even though it's fairly, you know, like simple. It's just the band sitting on a couch, right? Like it's nothing, uh, nothing too crazy, but there is something I think iconic about it. And I've seen it, you know, remade by different bands or by, uh, for different, you know, I think there's, um, oh, I'm going to forget their name now, but there was a, like a little company that was making, uh, like pins that were okay. all, oh, it's uh, screaming pin fidelities is what it was called. Oh, and they nice. were all like <laughs> pins. Yeah. Based on like classic, you know, kind of like from the late nineties, early two thousands emo, uh, like 
artwork and stuff like that. It was, it was pretty sweet. And so he had one, he had done one up based on this artwork as well. And so this is an album that I've always wanted to like more, I think. Um, like, you know, it's one that gets brought up a lot as, you know, saves the day was one of those bands that, um, you know, kind of was at the forefront of that early two thousands, like emo and post hardcore, movement that happened with vagrant records and victory and all you know this kind of thing and so a lot of times this record gets kind of cited as like that they're about to sort of take off and to me that's what it feels like is it feels like a record of a band about to kind of like find their sound or find their foot in the scene if that makes sense like um there are definitely some memorable parts and i think the opening track is one of them Uh, i like the way it kind of kicks the album off you know you got the sound of you know uh, the guy plugging the guitar in sort of thing with the amps already turned on so you kind of get that noise and then it just sort of goes into like just a short minute 44 seconds like it is to the point they get through it and it kind of really kicks the album off and if i'm being honest i think most of the good to great tracks on this album are at the beginning and it kind of sort of falls apart for me as it goes on hmm I don't yeah, know I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I listen. So when we kind of talked about this, I listened through the whole album. Now then on the spot, I, I can't <laughs> quite can't remember that. But yeah, as we'll talk about the last song, I really like. But um, yeah, I I also like the artwork for this. You know, I typically so I love band pictures. I yeah. always have. I love when CDs have a band picture in it. If it doesn't, I'm bummed out. I mean, now it doesn't really matter because you have social media and whatever. But yeah. Um, but it can also be really cheesy because a lot of like pop and country and you know glam metal bands do that. But this this was done well. Like it kind of it kind of fits the music. Like when you look at it, you know they're like sitting on a couch at a party or whatever. Like it just yeah. kind of has that nostalgic feeling. Kind of takes you back to that time. So I thought you know, I thought the the cover was cool for that. Um, just something you said made me think of. Um, you know, and maybe we'll talk about this with the next album, just kind of in change of sound. But even coming from the album before this to this album, and and I don't know if this has ever happened to me because I've been listening to most of the bands that I like, you know, since they started. But it's a funny, like, imagine just discovering Saves the Day today or, say, a band like Thrice or whatever, right? Like, when it's like, oh, go back and check out the old albums. Have you ever had that experience where somebody tells you about a band and there's you know, it's like, oh man, there's like all these different eras of a band mm-hmm. to try to attach to. Yeah. I, I talked about that a little bit a few times with, um, when it comes to the band, the promise ring, cause they were a band that I, you know, whose name I heard floating around. And, uh, by the time I got to them, they were actually, it was the release of their final album, wood and water, which is like very different from the early stuff. And as you kind of go backwards with the promise ring, it kind of goes, you know, like from this, like, indie rock sort of emo thing that they do for their final album. The album before that very emergency is kind of more, uh, you know, like polished, um, alternative indie emo or alternative rock emo sort of thing, like in the vein, almost of a more raw, like Weezer type vibe. Uh, and then as you kind of work your way back, it just gets more and more raw and, uh, saves the day. Similarly, 
going from stay what you are and that being my real introduction to the band and hearing through being cool while there are a lot of similarities on the records uh obviously through being cool is a little more straight up in you know when it comes to just being like a more driving like pop punk uh post hardcore record as opposed to like stay what you are where they definitely have a little more dynamic flow going on and stuff like that but um, it is always kind of fun. Yeah. To, to go back with some of those bands where you hear them now and they sound so much different and you go back and you're like, what? Like Goo Goo Dolls, for instance, <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls who ended up being, you know, a radio chart topping band in the nineties. And then you go back to like their roots and they were like a hardcore punk band. It's wild. Wow. wow. Yeah. You should, you should give it a shot sometime. Like it's not like my favorite by any means, but if you like go back to, I think, maybe uh, on Apple music maybe and maybe on Spotify, I think like the first record that they have out there is like one of uh, like this kind of like hardcore punk band. I think they came from the Minneapolis scene, I want to say, but anyway, um, it is kind of funny. Some of those bands where you like go back and you're like, wait a second, this is nothing like what you sound like now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah with, yeah. with the opening song, all star me, the, the one thing that throws me off is, I think uh, Reliant K has a song called Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend. Right. I think it starts with, I don't know if it's the same chord, but basically that same just <laughs> open, and I just immediately start humming the melody of that That's song. Funny. So when this one comes in. So even today as I was listening, I was like, ah, I can't get that stinking Reliant K song out of my head when I'm trying to listen to this. That's <laughs> fair. The, the My biggest complaint probably about the song All Star Me, though, is the chorus just sounds like he's singing gibberish. In fact, I never knew what he was singing until today when I was like, I should look. And because in my mind, it just sounds like, but he's literally singing and like, listen to these lyrics. If you haven't read them, core of coal, core of coal and starches. Like it just sounds like gibberish. Like he needed sounds to go in there. And so when he was initially writing the song, like, you know, he does like a voice note or whatever, and he just says random, you know, uh, kind of a, a string of words and then just leaves it. And I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Core of coal, core of coal and starches. Like, I don't know, but, um, it's always kind of bugged me. Cause I'm like, what, what is this chorus supposed to be? Even though it is super catchy. Yeah. Between that and the, the song being pretty short, it is kind of an odd opening song i feel like it really lends to the following song which we're not talking about but um, (laughs) as i was listening to those two it was kind of like okay it kind of almost sets that up so i don't know if that was a part of it yeah Um, yeah like it was a bit short for an opener but it's still good and yeah it sets up the rest of the album yeah yeah like i said i think it's like it's shortened to the point and just kind of doesn't waste any time and uh, i mean you have a whole different uh, like kind of there's, there's different openers, right? Like you can have kind of the one that, um, maybe leads in with a little bit more of a, of a, a build in say like the opening song on brain pain, which we've talked about by four years strong and yeah. just how it's like so different from the rest of the record, but so good. Uh, this one just straight into the point. Sometimes maybe you have a little, you know, a bit of a quieter intro or whatever, like whatever, like there's different ways to do it. And I, I do like the way that this one, I think because, um, it sets it up and it doesn't like not deliver, right? Like it's not like it does. Yeah. It's this song. You're like, Oh man, this is going to be great. And then the next song and, and thereafter is just kind of like, not what that first song was in any way. Like, um, I think it's, I think it's kind of great, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It works for me. And, um, should we get into the next song or do you have anything else yeah. you want to say nope. about kind of discovering the album and stuff? 
Uh, nope, let's move on. Okie dokie. Well, the next song you picked is uh, the song Shoulder to the Wheel. that song i'm glad you picked it so why don't you uh give us a little bit of info on as to why you picked it and your thoughts on the song yeah well, it was kind of hard to to pick an in-between song so there's a few in there that you know i'm always drawn to you know when i think of an album it's like what song immediately pops in my head and this is one of those ones um you know that that chorus about we drive you know just gets yeah. stuck in my head and it makes me think of this album kind of as a whole 
Um, yeah, I like that. I mean, that song seems to be like it's about touring, and I always like songs yeah, that kind yeah. of talk about that life. And even when I was listening to it on Spotify, like sometimes there's like a little video kind of playing above the lyrics or whatever, yeah. and it's just playing like old footage from a show or something. And hmm. so it just kind of really took me back and just felt really nostalgic and it's just kind of overall really fun song. Um, yeah. It is probably my one of the like my favorite most memorable songs on the album for sure because uh i think based on that chorus uh i like the line about the radios playing queen and we're rocking out or whatever like yeah i, I i've mentioned this in the mentioned this in the past i do enjoy when songs kind of like reference or name drop other bands and other songs and so uh i i appreciated that the fact that he says in like the second line of the song wherever he says please dave just drive i'm like yeah <laughs> all right i guess i could drive um but yeah it is for sure a song that i think paints a picture um as a band on tour and or just friends driving around whatever the case may be you know and having fun and that's that's just fun songs fun music to listen to you know um it is something that i could envision when it comes on like driving around with my friends when you know i would have been this album came out when i was like 15 16 years old right so like right in that pocket of time we're living in a small prairie town what do you do for fun except drive around you know and yep. listen to music like uh so yeah it's it it definitely kind of hits those notes for me really quick and um it is probably the song that i sing along to the most on this record for sure uh but yeah so when when you picked it I didn't like, I'm, I'm not very good with song titles these days. Um, and so when this one came up, I didn't realize what song it was until I put it on in the playlist. And I was like, Oh yes. Excellent. Like this is, this is the song that if I was picking, uh, you know, the song off this record, I would have picked this exact same song. And for all those reasons. And I think like, it's, it's a good example of where this band goes for me on the next record, because I do think stay what you are has a ton of just like, memorable catchy choruses where maybe this record doesn't have as many or or maybe the idea is i don't know i'm, I'm curious i'm just going to look at something real quick if it's just that this record has more songs in general like so this record has and it's only 12 um 12 songs stay what you are it's going to be what 11 so it's not really that big of a difference um but there is something about this record that feels like it kind of drags on a little bit for me and this song is not one of those ones though. This song is yeah. one that I would for sure, um, you know, come back to time and time again. And I'm pretty sure it's earlier in the album, right? Like, yeah, it's third song on the album. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a great pick and it's, uh, it's a, like a playlist worthy song for me. You know, if you're going to yeah. be putting together a playlist, this song very well should be on it, but, um, yeah, good pick. So did you have any other thoughts on this one or anything you want to share before we get into the closer from this record? Uh, no, let's move on to the next one. All right. So as I mentioned, the closer off through being cool, uh, the song is called band from the back porch.
This song, um, this is the first time I'm going to mention this when talking about this band. It might be the only time, for all I know. I'm not sure. But this is the first example that I can remember from this band where, like, the riff is the best part of the song. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that opening riff on this song, every time, like, it feels a little bit out of place to me, um, maybe because it's, like, a little bit heavier uh, instead of just being, like, straight up, you know, kind of melodic pop punk post hardcore whatever like it's it's got a little bit more menace to it and uh i do really like it yeah i i'm glad this is the closing track because this is another one that immediately comes to mind and i didn't have to choose between this one and the previous one ha, so perfect. i'm glad this was the last that's why one. you agreed to the format so quickly you're like oh yeah that's great the yeah, closer is one of the ones i love anyway <laughs> yeah, that that opening riff is. I mean, it's not. It's nothing super technical, but there's just something so gritty and cool about it. And yeah. I honestly wish there was more songs like this on the album. It's kind of really the only one that I can really think of that kind of has a bit darker tone. Mm-hmm. You know, this could easily come off of like Thrice's Illusion of Safety, kind of that yeah. more kind of metallic. Um, yeah, this is a great closing track. You know, even though it it is a bit different feel than the other songs. You know, and then later on the song, it does bring in melodic moments, and so it does kind of bring it back to the sound of the album. But um, yeah, just every time this comes to the end, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish there was just more of this. <laughs> well, and I think this is a a good example because, or like a good reminder, because one of the thoughts I did have about this record is I do really like, even though it's nothing special about it, I like about what I'm about to say. I do really like the guitar tones on this record, and I I think this song kind of really brings it to the fore simply because of the fact that it's like, it is one, like a chunkier riff that's being played that you don't really hear a lot of. So you can kind of like get a chance to, you know, to hear the different elements of that guitar tone, maybe a little bit. Um, And as far as like a closer is concerned, it doesn't necessarily feel like it closes the record to me. Like it does sort of just feel like another song. I suppose one element would be that it, it does feel a little bit different. Like, you know, you kind of mentioned like there's not really any other moments that come to mind on the record that are that, um, that was a great comparison by saying like it could fit on like the illusion of safety by thrice or something. Cause yeah, it is very much that kind of riff. Uh, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it is a great song, but nothing really about it feels like it's closing a record to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. It could have been, it's like, yeah, just put the, put the heavy song at the end and just yeah. confuse people or just put it there because <laughs> it might feel too weird in between right. the rest of the songs. But 
Yeah, like I said, there, there's still enough melodic moments to it. It's not all dark and heavy, but yeah, yeah who knows? Yeah, no, it's 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 a fine song though. I do really enjoy it. Um, I think I think it just sort of encompasses a little bit about what what it is that because I definitely like this record, but it always feels like it's missing you know, maybe something. And maybe it's just, for me, it's like that overall flow from start to finish where it feels very top heavy and then kind of falls off for me a little bit where songs get a little less memorable. And then you do have this closer. That's a pretty sick song, but also feels a little different. Like, I don't know all in all though. I do, I do really like the record and it's one that I definitely go back to. And I did kind of have a moment where I was just out for a walk in the middle of the afternoon. And I was like, Ah, I should put on one of the records we're talking about to listen to. And so I put this on and I was just walking around. It was like sunny day, you know, nice day. And um, it just definitely had a different feel at that point where I was like, okay, mm. this this feels a little more like the time I want to listen to this, even though the lyrics aren't necessarily bright and sunny and happy, yeah. um, as we've <laughs> discussed. But it does kind of have that, that bouncy sort of feel to it and whatever. And so uh, it did kind of make it click a little bit more for me rather than you know, the other times maybe I've listened to it, but, um, yeah, still, a, still a fantastic record. And I think one that's a staple to, uh, like the, the post hardcore scene for sure is kind of like a, much like the get up kids, right? Like a band that's about to kind of take off. And, yeah. uh, having said that, let's get into, uh, their next record, which of course, uh, this would be their vagrant records debut. Um, the album is stay what you are and it opens with, at your funeral. This song will become the anthem of your underground. Your two floors down, getting high in the back room. If I floated out your house, do you think you'd make it out? Or would you burn? This song will be 
I'm going to say something similar to what you said about uh, uh, Band from the Back Porch, is that this is my favorite song, I'm pretty sure, on the record, or at least one where, you know, whenever it comes on, I'm singing along top to bottom. I absolutely love... Uh, how the song starts it's just like that quiet i don't know if it's a guitar or if it's like an electric like Rhodes piano sort of thing uh, but just really mellow chris singing too high for me to sing along to and then you know just like the song kicks in i was like oh and i can i can go also it's got a great video don't know if you've ever seen it but yeah yeah where he's just standing in front of the camera singing and everything's going on in fast motion yeah. behind him or whatever so great I, there was um i don't know it must have been on because i had a vagrant records uh, DVD. It was like another year on the screens or whatever. And this video was on there. And I feel like there was somewhere in there in the special features, like a behind the scenes thing. And it showed him singing, showed Chris singing the song in slow motion um, so that then they could speed everything up to look crazy. So it's kind of funny, but um, yeah, like from the moment I heard this song and this was the record that introduced me to saves the day officially. So that was the opener and I was hooked from, from the get go. It's, you know, obviously as a record as a whole, it's not quite, it's not as straightforward, like punk or hardcore influenced as it is more, um, dynamic and, you know, kind of thoughtful and whatever, like this song does, you know, it picks up and goes right. Like it's not like, it's just like this mellow track the whole way through, but it gets a little more, um, uh, like this record feels a little more maybe mid tempo compared to, you know, their earlier stuff, but, uh, it's just a, it is a great way to kick off the album. And as far as like the artwork is concerned, I definitely like the through being cool artwork more, but this one, I think fits this record more than like, if you slapped through being cool on this record, um, For sure, you yeah. know, but it, it is kind of the, it's a little bit, it is iconic, but also at the same time, it's a little bit generic for me. Like it, it looks a little bit like they just used a stock photo right. of someone walking through a wheat field at sunset or something like that. Right. But, um, also very fitting for the time. I think that was a time where you had so many bands that were just out playing in wheat fields for music videos. Like that's just the way it was. So I, I get the aesthetic, but, um, yeah, is this, uh, so you were in, you, you knew who the band was before this record came out. Can you remember sort of initial thoughts on this one? Uh, like, yeah, I don't have like really specific memories of this album coming out besides hearing, you know, at your funeral, seeing them play this song, Conan O'Brien. So, I mean, there was some of those things where it was like, man, this is, you know, because back then, you know, it was this big thing for, you know, bands in the scene to be on talk shows. And so, yeah. Yeah, even if it wasn't Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, so even if it wasn't something I was like super into, I was always excited just to yeah. see a band that I knew kind of on TV. And um, you know, I do remember how kind of big of a shift in sound there was, and was maybe a bit disappointed with that. But you know, I was this was kind of when I was really into just fast skate punk. So mm-hmm. this album didn't really kind of hit the mark for me um so yeah it's a bit lost on me which which was okay you know there was enough change between um can't look or can't look back is that the was that the one before through being oh can't slow down can't slow down sorry yeah and then through being cool on this one like there's kind of a, a gradual but also pretty distinctive change in between all three and um, so yeah, there's definitely still good songs on this album, you know, maybe even great songs in the way of structure, accessibility, mm. poppiness, you know, but without some form of kind of grit or edge for me, the album falls a little flat, you know, yeah. it's not one that I come back to really. I, 
I, I get that. It definitely um, doesn't have like it's it's definitely a lot more polished than not only their records like their previous records, but I think like even a lot of contemporaries like you know I compared them earlier to Alkaline Trio, where I think both bands were sort of coming up at the same time and both kind of had darker sides to their lyrics um, and whatever. Both signed to Vagrant around the same time, and then I think like Alkaline Trio definitely kind of stuck a little closer, especially their vagrant debut being, um, uh, from here to infirmary definitely stuck closer to what alkaline trio had been doing previously. Whereas, mm. uh, stay what you are kind of strays a little bit, but I mean, as a band saves the day would kind of keep going down that path, right? Like the path of altering, changing their sound a little bit. And some people might love it. It's not my favorite. Like the stuff I did listen to in reverie, the record that came after it, uh, I think that was what, or was it under the, f- there were like two that I always get confused when they came out that I kind of spent a little bit of time with. Yeah. In Reverie was 2003, which is like, it's fine. It's got its moments. And then it's got its really weird moments where I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. You can't do this. And so I think with stay what you are for me, like the songs are just all so good, so catchy. And they got kind of this like bounce to them too, a different bounce than what I was explaining with, with uh through being cool like this is you know like through being cool had that like pop punk pop punk bounce whereas this just sort of has like this bop along sort of thing right like it's it's weird but it feels very upbeat especially for the lyrical content right like as they get into some things on here um but yeah man uh it's this is the record for sure that i kind of go to more between the two um I definitely get why people love through being cool as well, but yeah, this one, I guess, cause Hey, it's the one that introduced me to the band really. And, uh, I just think I like the dynamic ups and downs. So with that, um, should we, uh, should we get into my, the song I picked? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Well, it's a, it's a great example of, you know, kind of that lyric I was talking about where it gets a little descriptive violent however you want to in in a song that doesn't feel like it needs to be that way if that makes sense uh but the song i picked is jukebox breakdown can 
couple of things i love about that song uh it's i think it's a prime example of like kind of the bouncy sort of vibe that it has this record at different times um i also really love how it goes from this kind of like bouncy intro to the like palm muted uh not even and not just like your tor- not, not like a chuggy sort of palm muted guitar but it like kind of dials it right back for when uh chris comes in to start singing and then just like lyrically why it needs to go this way i don't know it's obviously just his uh it's just his his songwriting style but when he says things like if you've got a quarter you can stick it in my neck sing whatever (laughs) song you want for whatever mood you're in i'm gonna read all these lyrics because it gets great isn't that what you expect i can sing you to sleep got a mouthful of blood and i'll carry this casket if it's what i have to do so bring on the dark sky let it cover me entirely um and uh yeah i'm not gonna read the whole song but it's just so weird. Like even lines like the jukebox is in the corner. My mouth is the speaker. Like what is, I'm assuming like, it seems to me like he's, uh, he's like, it's a song that's clearly directed at the listener, right? Like, especially at the end when it says, um, isn't this what you expect? I can sing you to sleep and all you want from me is a broken heart. Uh, so clearly it's just like a, a, a look at people. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's, if it's a direct sort of look at, the fans who, you know, maybe, maybe they got some backlash about yeah, selling out or whatever, signing to vagrant. I don't know. Um, or if it's just more like people, you know, I once posed this question, bringing up Reliant K again, because my favorite Reliant K record is forget and not slow down. And I know that that record was written kind of, I believe the story is like out of the end of Matt Thiessen's relationship to a fiance that he had at the time. And in my mind, it was, it was my favorite. It was the best I'd ever heard them. And so I kind of asked the question, I was like, is it okay to want your favorite musician to go through hard times so that, or not necessarily your favorite musician, but to want musicians to go through hard times so that they can write your favorite songs, if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know if that's sort of what he's responding to there is just like people being like, oh, I just love, you know, I, I, the way you sing about being, you know, dumped or having a broken heart or going through hard things or whatever. And he's just like, can I just like be me sort of thing? Right. Like, can I just like get on with my life and you're just drawing me back here? I don't know. Um, but it's such a descriptive way to write it. Yeah. Well, that's a lot different kind of take than I, than I took about I mean, just like, just thinking of, you know, jukeboxes and, yeah. um, but yeah, I really like the, the guitars, like just the pace that they move at, like the riff is, you know, it kind of has enough to it. It's not as as basic. It's catchy, has good replay mm-hmm. factor. 
I was actually recently at a restaurant that had a jukebox, but it was like one of those new digital ones, which yeah. you know isn't isn't that great. But it just reminded me that I think there was one at the Boston Pizza in the town I grew up in, and you know we'd only go for special occasions. But I always remember being drawn to the jukebox because I liked music, even though I probably didn't know what any of the music was in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just yeah, I just like you know how many things have been inspired by the jukebox whoever created that thing and so right, i just like the yeah. imagery of that in this song even though it's in kind of a weird internal way but yeah, yeah. Man, stick the quarter in the neck yeah like that's you know <laughs> got a mouthful of blood i'm like okay but why <laughs> you know well, is it because your neck can only handle so many quarters <laughs> yeah, quit jamming them in my mouth um it's funny like a jukebox when I think of a jukebox, I, it takes me back to there was like a pool hall slash youth center kind of thing in Strathmore where I grew up. It eventually got shut down for drugs. Um, you know, too many kids doing drugs and dealing drugs and whatever. But they had a jukebox there, and it just reminds me of uh, you know the song "Cats Cats in the Cradle." By, uh, but it was like Ugly Kid Joe. It's like, cats in the cradle in the silver spoon. Oh, yeah, Little yeah. boy blue and the man <laughs> in the moon. Um, I don't I don't think that was the original. I think it was a cover, but I just remember it being in the jukebox alongside like Green Day and stuff like that. And we'd always put stuff, you know, th- those songs on or whatever. But so it is funny because I do have a specific, you know, kind of memory to a jukebox. Um, and then on top of that, just like, you know, going to... When, when you turn 18 years old, getting to go to the bar or the pub, whatever, and uh, there being jukeboxes there. But um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I love, I was going to say too, like rhythmically, I think, I think that's what really gets me with this record is the drums are so, so much more interesting. Hmm. Like the fact that that song starts with a little drum intro um, and I love it. And like it, it sets and sets up and leads into that riff that you were mentioning and how the drums just kind of like go bop bop like just like with with the riff it follows it through it's great well i think they have a different drummer on this album than the it's previous possible. ones too so yeah it's for sure possible it more straightforward style yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised but um yeah man this is always one of, like this was a, a tricky thing too like because there are a few songs off this record that come to mind that i really really like um in fact, like the song Freakish, which also had a music video for it, but it's like a lot more of a mellow song, but it had a great music video where it was like a bunch of, I don't think they were actually Muppets, but they look like Muppets and they were like singing in a bar or lounge thing, if I remember anyway. But um, there's a number of songs off this record that I could have picked, but that was the one I went with. Uh, and then finally, we're going to get into the closer on the album. It's called Firefly. I said I'll walk you home after
like lyrics that don't like i like i just listened to it or pouring whiskey down the barrel of our guts like there's just like lines where i'm like all right like yeah you're drinking you're drinking and did you need it to be that like graphic or visual but whatever this is uh i think obviously this song fits in a little more with through being cool as far as like stylistically is concerned. But I think even then when it kind of like goes through the song, it starts off in just like the set of walk you home, like straightforward. And then it kind of like dials down a little bit and follows suit sort of with, with the record. But I do think it's, it's a fun little closer similarly to um, band from the back porch in that it doesn't necessarily feel like it closes a record to me. Uh, which again, obviously not all albums need to do that, but it definitely like makes a statement when an album closer feels like it's right. a closer, right? Like it feels like, like I want that last song to make me feel something in the sense of like, oh, I want to listen to the record again, maybe, or, you know, you, you feel a little something like when it's over, like, all right, well, that's done. Um, but like this one it's just a, it's just another good song right like it's just another that could you could almost put that song anywhere on the record and that would be just fine you can almost like, open with that song yeah i feel like there's enough yeah like i agree i i want a good closing song but i feel like there's lots of albums that i love that the closing song is just kind of same as the rest yeah and it doesn't bother me because i love all the songs so much so right yeah i, I don't even really know how to kind of pinpoint at what point I want a good closing song and at what point I just want another good song because I like all the songs. Right. Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. It yeah. is, it is a little different to like kind of look at a closing song under a microscope standing on its own, not necessarily going like, okay, well let's spend the next 30 minutes listening to this whole album and see how we feel about that closer at the end. Uh, I just know like um, when when it comes time to end that album, it does it like, it kind of surprises me a little bit, I think when it's over. Uh, and, it, but that's, here's another complaint, not about these albums at all, but just in general with songs, when you get a song that's like, feels like a closer and then there's three other songs that follow it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... like I would much prefer this than like a false closer or like a record that feels like you've got multiple closers one after the other. Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's a great, I love this record. Um, that might be my only real nitpick about it. If I had to, is just like, there isn't a definitive closer. And that's just like something literally me pushing my glasses up my nose, right? Like, hey, if I were to restructure this album, I would, but uh, it's, it's one that I do come back to 
you know, semi-regularly. I listen to it every year at some point in time, I feel. It's definitely more of a fall or winter album. Okay. Um, you know, than Through Being Cool be, but which is kind of nice because you got, you know, Through Being Cool, I'd lean more into in the, you know, these spring, summer months, and then you got um, Stay What You Are for the, when it's a little colder, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. he knows. He knows. Um, so I, I, I can assume that if I were to make you pick which record, if you could only listen to one of these records, I'm going to assume you're going to pick Through Being Cool. I'm going to pick the demos that they wrote in between. <laughs> yeah, de- yeah, definitely Through Being Cool. Yeah, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I have any like specific um, emotional ties to, to this album. Besides At Your Funeral, Like that's probably the only song on the album that I really know or probably have listened to multiple times. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've ever listened to this. Well, no, I'm, I'm sure I did back in the day listen to it front to back or, you know, maybe on tour or something when it was, you know, on for an evening drive or whatever. But yeah, yeah through being cool is, would definitely be the one I'm drawn towards. I don't think I ever physically owned either of these records. I do own Can't Slow Down and I had a burned copy of Stay What You Are when I was in high school. But I don't know if I've... uh, It's sort of a lie. I did buy Stay What You Are on vinyl like a number of years ago. And I was on a trip to Vancouver and I went to... So I bought it and then I went to a record store the next day and I saw Blink-182 Take Off Your Pants and Jacket for sale there. And I was like, "Ah, I can't bring all these records home. I can't spend too much money. So I actually returned Stay What You Are. and bought what? blink 182 when in reality what i should have done is because i bought i bought stay what you are jimmy world bleed american and then motion city soundtrack um uh it was like their final album i can't think of the name of it off the top of my head but what i should have returned was motion city soundtrack because when i got yeah. home i was like oh i can't stand this record and i eventually <laughs> sold it years down the road but um although i do like earlier motion city soundtrack stuff but that record in particular was like nah so i should have kept stay what you are instead but i think i was like infatuated with the art artwork of panic stations i think is what it was called but um anyway yeah so i i would go with stay what you are for sure for me uh but um yeah i think that'll i think that'll wrap the episode up you know i don't even know how to do this anymore yeah, I'll even just think i mean it's they're they're a unique band you know just in a closing thought like just I, I don't know their their later discography really at all, but I've seen enough comments or things about, you know, things that have transpired or mm-hmm. just the sound or the shifting of, of members. And it's just always interesting, you know, especially, like, I don't know if, I'm, I'm sure this has happened with other bands kind of from this era, you know, even when I think of, you know, like Taking Back Sunday or The Used or, you know, other bands that kind of, I mean, these guys maybe came a bit before them, but... You know, those bands have maybe yeah. stuck a little closer to their sound or still kind of seem like the same entity, even if yeah. they've changed band members or whatever, like the aesthetic is still kind of the same. Whereas this band, I feel like it just shifted so much that, you know, it, it doesn't even, I, I, I don't have the same attachment or things to attach myself to because it's just a little all over the place. Well, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because like, so the last like, new record i listened to of theirs was their newest one which came out in 2018 just called nine and i couldn't like get through it but it's interesting because not too long ago i was on youtube and this was from a couple years ago but they played i want to say it was this is hardcore uh they played at and it was just like watching that set because a lot of it was like older stuff that they played if i remember and so like watching the crowd go off and like the full-on sing-alongs and all that stuff was like 
Yeah, like so they're still playing those songs as far as I could tell. Um, I don't know what they played from, you know, like the the records that came out years later, but like I said, In Reverie, the record that came out after Stay What You Are, um, it definitely still moments that I really enjoyed. And then there were moments where I was just like, I don't know if I really know what's going on here. And, yeah. uh, and then from there, it just kind of, that sort of lost my interest. And for all I know, like they could have some great, you know, records. I do think I listened to under the boards, which they had a couple records in between in reverie and that, but, um, in reverie, I did own now that I think about it, that was the first physical copy of a saves the day album that I owned actually it was in reverie, but, um, I don't know if I still have it anyway. Yeah. They're, they're an interesting band where over the years, I definitely kind of stopped following them pretty quick. Like it was a pretty small window, uh, which is similar, I think in a way to the band that we're going to talk about on our next episode, where it was like a very kind of like tight window. They just may have less albums in total. Um, so like it, there, there wasn't as much opportunity to follow or lose interest, but We'll get into that in the next episode. For this one, I do think that's going to wrap it up. So uh, go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find our social medias both linked there. And uh, if you like the show, tell your friends about it. Or as Taking Back Sunday would say, who I think, did you just say their name a few minutes ago? Oh, yeah. He definitely said the use. But as far as Taking Back Sunday would say, they'd say, tell all your friends. Um, That will do it. So uh, goodbye. See you next time.